0: Have you ever witnessed something so evil that you feared the ground was going to open up and swallow the perpetrator of that evil? Well, that's exactly what happened in Numbers chapter 16. This harrowing tale chronicles the lives and tragic deaths of the rebellious insurgents who questioned Moses' authority as the leader of God's people. The story is one of tragic destruction on one hand and glorious vindication on the other. But beyond all of that is a glorious picture of the gospel who makes atonement for such sinners and invites us into relationship with a holy God. Let's dive in together on today's podcast from Numbers chapter 16, verses 47 and 48 at the end of the chapter are the verses that I would like for you to pay special attention to today. So Aaron took his fire pan as Moses had ordered, ran into the middle of the assembly and saw that the plague had begun among the people. After he added incense, he made atonement for the people. He stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was halted. Number 16 is a tragic reminder of God's holiness, his authority, and the reverent fear that we should have for both. The chapter opens with the rebellion of Korah, a Levite, On, Dathan, and Abiram, And 250 other rebellious insurrectionists who learned all too quickly of the swift judgment that follows their rebellion. Now you would think after two chapters removed from God summoning the people back into the wilderness because of their unbelief and their doubt that they would stop questioning God's leadership and God's man Moses. But instead, these men came to Moses and insisted that they were as holy as Moses and Aaron were. Their self-righteous jealousy had incited in them to question Moses and Aaron's authority in the assembly of God's people. They were Levites, but they sought to assume the role of priest. They thought that they were good enough to stand in God's presence on their own as a priest themselves. Now, Moses' response here is incredibly informative. Rather than defend his leadership in the sight of the people at the ridiculous accusations that were coming to him, he instead falls face down on the ground. It's a sign of humility before God and a willingness to allow God to choose who would be the leader of all of Israel. God had called Moses to this. He didn't volunteer for it. In fact, he'd just as soon not have it most days. But he's willing, nevertheless, to leave God to vindicate his authority rather than try to defend it himself. These were men who God had given the privilege of serving him continuously. And yet their jealousy as Levites made them question Moses' authority. And so when Moses sends for Dathan and Abiram, they won't even meet with him. Instead, they accuse him of not leading them into the promised land when it was their unbelief as a people that had precluded them from that. They construct an alternate narrative in their mind of why they didn't get into the promised land. Arrogance usually has a way of distorting our perspective and justifying our accusations as we ourselves work to construct a narrative that is other than what is the truth in our minds because we don't want to accept our own rebellion. Since they won't meet with him now, Moses then comes to them in the sight of the people and tells the people, this is how you will know who God has elected to lead his people. If these men die of natural causes, you'll know that God is good with them becoming the leaders. But if something random happens, like the ground opening up and swallowing them, you'll know that they have rebelled against the Lord. Now Moses can barely even get these words out of his mouth and the ground is already opening up. Can you imagine the spectacle? Just imagine the look on these people's faces as they watched with horror the vindication of God's man and the judgment of these rebels. Quite miraculously, God swallows them up in judgment and the fire of God's holiness consumes the arrogance of the 250 who raise up their face in accusation against Moses and Aaron. Now you would think, after all of this, that the people would have no further accusations for Moses. But instead, the very next day, the people show up and blame Aaron and Moses for God's judgment on the 250 priests. They assemble against Moses and Aaron, and these two beleaguered leaders flee toward the tent of meeting. As the people are chasing after them in this moment, instantly the cloud of God's glory covers them as they hid in the tent. I can picture thousands of men standing there ready to kill Moses and Aaron and they run to the only place they can go, the tabernacle. The cloud has covered them there. Now what? God is so incensed at the people's arrogance against Moses and Aaron that he intends to destroy them all. But once again, it was the prayers of Moses that saved the people from certain destruction. And as the plague breaks out on the people and people begin to die, the high priest Aaron, the one whose authority they had questioned, is ordered by Moses to stand among the people. He leaves the presence of God in the tent of meeting, with the glory of God, and goes out among the people who are ready to kill him, and yet they're dying themselves because of a plague. And he takes the fire pan and with incense stands between the dead and the living and makes atonement for the people, the very ones who questioned his authority in the first place. And the text says that the plague was halted. What an incredible picture of Jesus here. Don't you see it? Fast forward a few hundred years and we find a people who had God's law, but like these people in the wilderness, they had rejected it. They had questioned God's authority over their lives. Even though they are God's chosen people, they were walking like the children of Israel in abject rebellion. And even though they would feel the weight of God's judgment on them because of their sin through the captivity of Babylon and then Rome, they still live in open rebellion to God's law. These people think that they're holy enough to have a relationship with God on their own. They don't need a savior, much like the people here thought they were holy on their own without Moses and Aaron. They walk in the same rebellion. And even when they hear the message from John the Baptist, they reject it. They hear the warnings of John the Baptist, much like these people listening to the signs of Moses, and yet they leave it. Had he lived at another time, Korah might've been one of these Pharisees. When out of the tent of meeting, the glory of God's presence in heaven steps the high priest himself. They will reject his message, much like this people rejected Moses and Aaron. And in their arrogance, they will reimagine the narrative rather than face the facts. They're squarely in line with God's judgment. But they aren't the only ones who do this, are they? All of us walk in the arrogance of our own lives, and if we aren't careful, we will think we're good enough to be holy too. We'll make our own excuses and reconstruct our own narratives of how we got to where we are, and mankind will shake our fist at God. But God will always defend his name, and he will vindicate his anointed. The judgment for our arrogance, like in this story, is the plague of death. Unless one descends from the tent of meeting carrying the presence of God and make an offering for sin, an atonement for sin. We are all going to die. Thankfully, our high priest did leave the tent of meeting, the presence of God. He did descend among the dying people from the plague of our arrogance. And even though they hated him, and even though they questioned his authority after adding incense, which is always representative of prayer, He added incense in the Garden of Gethsemane. After that, he stands among the people, literally between the dead and the living, and offers atonement through his cross for our arrogance and the plague of death that follows it. You see, our lives have been spared, and the plague is halted in our lives, not because we were such good people that we were able to be made holy on our own, because we think we're good enough, No, that leads to the plague of death. But only through the worth of the high priest who descended from the tent of meeting, the tabernacle of heaven, and offers atonement for our rebellion. Only through this sacrifice can we be spared. So Jesus, as we consider these things today, thank you for being the merciful high priest who at the request of the father, like Moses, whose authority had been questioned, descends from the tent of meeting to offer atonement. Thank you for stepping between the dead and the living. Though we deserve the plague of death, your intercession and your pleading spared our lives. Your atonement and sacrifice forgave our rebellion and saved us from the wrath that we deserved. And all we can say is thank you. We love you and we ask this in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.